What two? What is this? <laughs> I can't. All right, man. Boxing Knowledge Podcast, episode 12. We, we back, man. We back, Will. We are back. We are back with a special guest. Yes, sir. Your dad. My, yeah, my dad. <laughs> we ran out of guests. <laughs> Weird introducing my dad. <laughs> you gotta do the honors. I do. All right. Well, that's super weird. Well, this is my father, Rob Garris. Welcome to the show. Keep tradition alive. Um, man, where do we start? Where do we start? So, former, former amateur boxer, former pro boxer, uh, philanthropist, uh, barber. What else you do? <laughs> Charity, Charity events, God's work. There we go. Um, I bet I know the answer to all these questions. But I'm gonna ask the people that know. So let's talk about your start. Your start in boxing. Like, what what, what started you off in boxing? Uh, two things. One, I was trying to train for a street fight, and uh, I hooked up the basement like a. Uh, makeshift gym and I kept playing this Rocky record my father said I gotta take that gym to the gym <laughs> playing that Rocky and then, 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 then I'm hitting the bag the bag it was a, it was a uh, pillowcase with sand in it I'm hitting it and the dust was all over it pulled the whole ceiling down and he said I went to the neighbor and said Yo, you know what gym is that he said White Plains that's why I started Cage Recreation 1981 I fought from 81 all the way to 85, that was my last, last year I fought. 63 and three. 63 and three. Yeah. It's a record. And um, interesting, an interesting thing, my name came from one of your, yeah, your favorite Ali, boxers. Ali fighting um, Foreman in um, Zaire, Africa. Yep. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. I said, if I have a son or a daughter, it's going to be Zaire. Glad I was a boy. Back then, all the fighters had over 50 fights from the 80s and 90s, 70s and on. A lot of smokers, man. You know? A lot of smokers, man. That was a big thing. I had, 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 had 93 yeah. amateur fights. Yeah. And those people that had over two, 300 amateur fights. You count smokers, too? Well, I didn't count the smokers, just actual amateur okay. fights, yeah. What are smokers for, like, the people? They're not, they're not really sanctioned fights. Like, um, they like uh, boxing shows. Um, like exhibitions, but they real fights. You know what I'm saying? I know, like, the, the police officers and uh, fire department, they do they do a lot of those events. They do a lot of smokers. Yeah, I've been to a couple of those too. But my thing is this: a fight is a fight. You somebody pay you, you get a trophy. It's a fight. I mean, you, know, you get in front of a crowd and fighting, you know, all that sanctioned stuff, man. Yeah, you get in the ring. That's a fight. That's it. You got a crowd and you fight for a trophy or a couple of dollars. You're a professional or you're an amateur. They label everything. You go to other countries, man, it's a fight. You know, people, you know what I'm saying? Get a license. Man. Yeah, a fight is a fight. So talk, talk to us about your amateur career. Like, um, I went to the quarterfinals twice with gloves. Never got a chance to see the ball in the finals. If I fight there one day, it's going to happen. I was like 58, 59, 60 years old. <laughs> I'm gonna get a fight to God, even if it's in a lobby or something. We'll put up a co-main event as Felipe. <laughs> I don't fight Felipe. I like Felipe. No, I'm saying in the co-main event. Oh, 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 oh,
I, I was, you know, my career as an amateur was good until I got on. I ripped the artery in my nose, my headbutt. Mm-hmm. Never forget. He fought up in um, he fought in Jersey. I'm trying to remember what jail we fought at. Upper Kill. I was with the uh, doctors PAL. Remember Sal? I think trainer the cop head trainer. Um, fought a lot of top fighters. I wasn't even a top fighter, but that night we fought. Prisoners. It's fourteen fights. I was the only fight. I was the only fighter that won. Y'all was fighting in prison. Yeah, we they yeah, um, back then. We did, yeah, we did, yeah. We did, we did, you went up to the prison. We went to um, I didn't know this. Broadway. We went to Optic Kill, and um, there's another spot. But when we went to Optic Kill, fourteen fights. I was number twelve. And Sandy Saddler, mm-hmm. Ray Sandy Saddler, refereed my fight. I didn't know who he was until after the fight. I won a decision. My whole team lost. Everybody got beat. Half the team got knocked out. Came home with a big trophy. I still got that trophy to this day. Right after that, I started sparring. Maybe a week after that fight, they had this guy who came from Ecuador. And I wanted to spar somebody to get ready for the gloves. And um, we moved a couple around. Everybody was looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm going to spar him. And I'm boxing, I'm boxing, I'm moving around, keeping him lost, playing on the rope. Then he he caught me in the corner and, what's it and so he said some Spanish man and hit me in my rib. I told him to put my rib. Man. He's like, ah, you know what I'm saying, man? I'm like, everybody's looking, man. And I played it off like, yo, I hurt my hand, man. Cracked my rib, man. I don't forget that, man. And then, what happened to that guy, his career? Where I don't know. I never, you know, he, he came here to fight as a pro. I didn't even know he was a pro. He came here to fight as a pro. And um, I just want to say, I was like, yo, anybody here, you know, 154, you know. Oh, wait, what did I fight? 139. 139. And that's yeah. is that the same dude that uh, injured your nose? Nah, no. Nah, I'm trying to remember who injured my nose. I was sparring somebody. We wasn't using no headgear. We were supposed to just do body shot. Dude headbutted me in my nose. My nose bled a lot. And they was telling me to put some, um, back in the days, put that uh, some type of oil to make a scab open your nose. My nose kept bleeding and bleeding. And then we went to Golden Gloves semifinals. And I got hit and my nose bled so bad and I was wearing white. I always like to wear white. Blood was all over. I'm beating the dude, had him in the corner and they gonna stop the fight. I'm beating blood. him, they said because of the blood. And, um, after that, you know, you, you had your, uh, your card, what do you call it, the AAU card? Yeah. They, you know, the doctor that I signed it at the end, they were not signing unless I get my nose fixed. I had to stop fighting. Two weeks late, later, my mom put me out the house. Said, you ain't gonna finish school, you gotta leave. That was it. And in my career, started cutting hair. You know, that was 1985. I ain't put the gloves back on until I started training in 2001. Right around the time of 9-11. But how that happened, I was going to this church. After my mother passed, she told me, I want you to go back to church. And um. I found a church, went back. It was made, matter of fact, it was Ray Rice's family's church. 
because I knew everybody there. I went to the church and this lady prophesied. She said, you're going to come back in the ring to help kids and you're going to find your biological family. And I was like, I don't know about all that. And she started telling me about myself, man. You know, I'm looking at her like, what do you know anything about me? And she said, you're going to come back and help kids. I said, I got my own kids. I'm going to help kids. But she said, the, the path and the mission that God got sent for you you're gonna find your biological family. And at that time, I wanted to find, because when my adopted mother died, I wanted to find my biological mother. So she said, you have to get back in the ring for all that to come together. And once I started training, that's when I got some of my paperwork and I found my biological family. And we all worked, just like she said, exactly the way she said, you're gonna find your family. I didn't meet my mother yet, but I met my whole family, my father, all my brothers and sisters. Um, she said, you're gonna get back in the ring. And I never knew what it was for, you know, somebody said, you're going to be fighting for kids that was like you, foster kids. And that's how the whole thing started, coming back in the ring. So I went to the, I called the commission and asked them about getting a license. When I told them my age, I was 35. They was like, nah, you can't get no license at that age. And then I said, uh, what about to do exhibitions? Do I need a license? They said, no, you don't need a license for that. And um, I started promoting my own shows. You know what I'm saying? You know, 20 hours at the door, you know, the thing that made it easy, Mount Vernon is like their own separate city. They ain't like Manhattan, different boroughs. Right. You can do what you want in these cities like New Rochelle, Yonkers, Mount Vernon. It's a separate, you know what I'm saying? So since I was a non-for-profit foundation, I partnered with the city to do a, you know, a boxing show. I didn't label it exhibition, because exhibition, you wear shirt, headgear. We went in there, this is your cut, and this is my cut. And I was the promoter that did the fight. What do you consider that? That's pro. Yeah. We had no, no section paperwork, but we fought, you know. I did about five fights. And then finally, when I got a chance to get my, we'll put it this way, I applied to get my license. Not almost implied, but um, I went to the commission and, you know, did the physical and everything. And then they said, uh, two weeks before the fight, they said, I'm a liability. They saw something on my MRI. Pulled me off the fight card. Mm. And then um, the funny thing about that, one of the top brain surgeons comes in my shop to get a haircut. Ball head guy. Got his name. Um, this is called the Doc. Doc, yeah, I remember Doc. Big lights can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top, top surgeon in the country. And I tell him, not surgeon, brain surgeon. So I tell him about it, and he was like, who's the. Uh, Who's the um, fight doctor, um, commission doctor? I said, Barry Jordan. He said, I went to school with him. He said, give me the MRI. I gave it to him. He looked at it. He must have said something to, to Barry Jordan. Because he's Barry. Barry was just a, a doctor with the commission. But this dude is the top surgeon doctor for brains. He said, I, he must have spoke to him. Two weeks later, they said, I'm playing the fight. Because truthfully, they would it would have been a lawsuit. Cause there was no age, you know. I was, I was, I was 45, and um, there was no, and it's, it was no age. You know what I'm saying? And, um, when, when, I, when they did give it to me, I was sparring Rich Addison, the rev, and I got the tape. He sparring, he puts his head down, and I hit him on top of his head, dunking in my face. And then the next thing, they gave me okay that I could do the pro fight. So going into the, going into the, the first pro fight, 
I was gonna make history by being the first athlete to leave the amateurs in 1985 and turn pro 2012. That's 27 years, so no fighter never did it. So ESPN did a little story on it. And um, the Guinness was involved, but the Guinness ain't give me the record because I lost. So uh, it was kind of weird the way that happened. But the Guinness got, you know, they got an article on that. I think you still should get credit for the record. Like, it, 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 it happened. Give it to the, you know what they did? The fight happened, and no fighter ever did that. Left as a, a sanctioned amateur to come out sanctioned pro 27, 27 years. years. I did it. Now, when I lost the fight, they found out that I had a shoulder problem. And they was like, no, nah, he can't fight no more because I didn't let him know I had a shoulder. But I said it was an opportunity, so I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity. So I got the guy back in the ring for a rematch. We did it as a non-sanctioned fight, and I beat him. But um, it never set with me good that I, I beat him in a non-sanctioned fight. I want to beat him on record. So when you Google it, boxing rec, you can see it. But if you see boxing rec, you only see I had one fight. Is it possible to get a third fight? Yeah, the money is right here in the ring. Yeah. No, he the Have you talked to him recently? We speak all the time. We speak all the time. But he'd be like, I, I like you, man. You're, you're a good guy. You're helping the people. You're doing a lot of different Maybe things. we could do that third fight right here. Set it up. Right yeah, here. But I, but I wanted that it be in the books. You know what I'm saying? I fight anybody. But him, I want it in the books. So, you know, if I'm 90 years old from now, but, you know, I could be like, yo, I got you. It's on the books. Because, you know, it's just that fight, I got to get him on the books. I got to get him on the books. How, how old is he? He's what, 12 years younger than me? I'm 56, he got to be uh, 44. Uh, 44, 45. Yeah. Well, I saw a, a, a picture of him in the video. He looked older than you. <laughs> yeah, well, I was in better shape than him. You know what I'm saying? And he just, you know, when my arm went, that was it. I mean, no, Let's make this fight happen. Yeah, yeah. The people need if, to see it. If the money is right, he'll get in the ring. Like, like I said, if we get him out to Florida, him with five stacks. I would give him five stacks to get back in the ring. And I'll give him my purse. Five stacks or five smacks? <laughs> five stacks. Yeah, five stacks. I, I ain't turning that down. I go over there yeah, and take a look. I gave him, I, he got a thousand for the first fight, and I gave him 17 for the rematch. And I gave his trainer 500 to get him back in the ring. You know, So I know five stacks, stacks he'll get back That's in the a lot more than a lot of these guys are getting. Yeah, but I'll give him that because I, I could beat him easy, you know what I'm saying? But I want to beat him on record. I want it on paper, you know what I'm saying? So, so when, when, when you approach a pro fight, you're supposed to submit all your injuries to the commission, right? Yeah, but what happened was it happened during training. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and they said they was giving me the license just for that night. It was like a, like a, basically when you get the license, it's only good, good for that one night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't turning up that opportunity. Yeah. Well, license now uh, are good for a year. Yeah, a year. But they gave it to me for that one night. That one night. I never forget that. Because what happened was, to, to backtrack on the whole story, when um when they turned me down from the fight, I said that something was wrong with you know my MRI. Um, I had a, a, a agent at that time, and he said George Foreman's son is fighting in Virginia. Hampton, Virginia, and I got family out there. He said, go out there and talk to George. 
So I, I talked, caught the train, went out there, and I caught them at the hotel at a press conference for his son. And before I, I got there, I sent the documentary to his son, because me and his son was friends on Facebook. So he saw the documentary about me coming back and what I was doing before. So his father watched the documentary on their tour bus. So when I got there and I met George Jr., he introduced me to his father, and he said, you the guy that was in the video. And so we talked, and that's when he said, who's the commission doctor? I said, Barry Jordan. He said, yeah, that's the guy that cleared me 25 years ago when mm. my first fight coming back. George, you're talking about George Foreman. So George Foreman's first comeback fight was in New York, 25 years from that, from that year that I got my license. And it's funny, when I got to the commission, go get the, you know, the picture card, um, one of the commissioners said, there's a lot of people who are speaking up for you. You had a very important phone call that somebody made and, you know, that spoke up for you. To this day, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's the doctor or if it's George Foreman. All I know, when that, when that doctor seen that MRI, he knew that I could have sued the commissioner because I was on the card. 12 days later, we'd have been fighting in, in, um, in Brooklyn. And they took me off the card. I want to go on the record and say George Foreman is the worst ring commentator I've ever heard <laughs> in the history of boxing. Goodbye. I'd rather hear Jake Paul commentate than George Foreman because he always talks about Muhammad Ali and Zaire. He was obsessed with that moment <laughs> in life. Oh, he didn't fight like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, no one cared about that, George. Is but he's a nice guy. Nice guy, yeah. yeah and nice he, makes, guy. he makes some good grills. So yeah, yeah, he he uh, paid for that. Somebody made the grills and he ran with it. Well, yeah. they came to him and asked him to endorse it. Yeah, endorse it. yeah. yeah. That, that was that was that was what he made. Yeah, ready for four hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah, we had a, we had a good conversation. With him. First thing he was asking me, man, he's like, "You live in God? You a Christian?" I was like, "Let me just see that, man." This is, <laughs> so yeah, I get this good conversation. <laughs> my, my man said, "Whatever you say, don't say you're breaking his record because I broke his record by seventeen years." Everybody think that he came back. He came back ten years. He yeah. came back at thirty-eight. Mm -hmm. Left at twenty-eight. Came back thirty-eight. So they gave the record in the Guinness to Dewey Bazella. Remember Dewey Bazella? Dewey came back twenty-six years being in the jail. Oh, sure, yeah. And mm -hmm. he came back at fifty-two. So they gave him the age. They didn't give me the time. Uh -huh. Technically, you know, what I'm saying that he came back um, nineteen years. We got Dewey Bazella coming here in March yeah. or April. He worked my corner the fight that I lost. He worked oh, my corner. So I worked that. Dewey. Great guy. That, that fight plays back in my head, man. When my shoulder went out, I never forget sitting in my corner and my trainer panicked because he ain't never been on that level. He was like, why you ain't you know, using your right hand? I was like, I can't feel it. That's when the cortisone set in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and um, my cut man was like, you need to stop the fight. And the ref came over and asked, you got everything good? And all I kept saying to myself, man, I, I made it this far. I, I, I got to go out on my shield. What round was the fight stopped? Second round. Second round. I went out and I backed myself into a corner. And he caught me with the right hand. You know what I'm saying? Caught me with the right hand. Because my, my best punch is my right. I couldn't even lift my arm. I your shoulder. You know? I don't have no regrets. I don't have no regrets, man. No regrets. We're not on your ship. We're not on my ship. I'd have sat on that school, man. Listen, no regrets. 
So you were an amateur back in the early 80s, Mark Breland, These are the same. cousin Alex Ramos. Yep. Uh, wonderful, I mean, a big crew of fighters back then. We all knew each other. Any, any good stories you want to talk about? One story I'll never forget. We was on the we was in the same dressing room, 139 and 147. Breland was in the room, came in there, had all his golden gloves. I walked up to him, looked at him, said, I'm getting one of those. And he said, You ain't even in my division. That was the only conversation we had. And then years later we talking and he can barely talk. I'm talking to him, he calling me Paul, he calling me Robbie and you know, I'm like, I can't hear you, man. You know, like he came to see me train for my for my first pro fight. You know, I mean, he's really damaged, man. He was as long as he, as long as he doesn't pull you to life, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he damaged, man. He talking real low. He, he damaged. Very low, yeah. I always wanted to fight him. I always wanted to fight him. Mark Breland had one of the greatest amateur records in history, 110, 110 victories and one loss. And became a world champion and lost the belt. Became a world champion too and lost the belt to Aaron Davis, Superman Davis. And, um, and um, uh, what's his name? From Connecticut. Uh, what's his name? Um, Marlon Stalin beat him. And they both gonna beat it. They gonna, he gonna beat it. He don't like being around. He don't like being around either one of them. We're gonna throw those hardball questions at them. Yeah. So Brilliant's Bre- like career didn't really translate to the to the pros. He won the championship. Yeah. Yeah, he but he beat easy people. He was very good with the one, two, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, wasn't, he was a better amateur than the pro. Yeah. I give him his props. Yeah, one of the one of the best amateurs I've ever seen. Davis was much stronger. It's like uh yeah. Fernando Vargas. Fernando Vargas was phenomenal in the amateurs, right? All the way to the Olympics and stuff, but in the pros became a world champion, but he couldn't beat the big guys. Couldn't beat Mosley, couldn't beat De La Hoya, even with steroids, more steroids than Canelo had on. He still lost. Lost to Trinidad, lost to uh, Mallorca. I mean, he couldn't beat anybody. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different level. Yeah. Like but his sons, all three of them, are very good fighters. Yeah, they are. Big prospects. Yeah, they are. I they think are. even Floyd is working with one of them right now. Floyd yeah. Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Floyd's mm-hmm. working with one. I think uh, Freddie Roach is working with the other one. Um, and I think Canelo was it Canelo was working with the other one. I, I believe. No, Canelo was no, working no, with no. Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao son. Yeah. That that was a one type yeah, of curveball. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that is. Yeah. And there was a lot of curveballs, you know, a lot of these guys are getting trained. I didn't even know Pacquiao's son was, was interested in boxing. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Yeah, Ali's grandson fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not that good. Yeah. Tommy Hearns' son is fighting. Tommy yeah, he son. wasn't he that good either. Holyfield's son is fighting. Holyfield's yeah, he's not that good either. Mosey's son. Yeah, they all suck. <laughs> is, isn't, isn't, isn't one of uh, Mayweather's son be working out in the gym? He sucks too. No, no, he has a nephew. Yeah, he has a nephew. nephew. He has a nephew, yeah. Actually, he has a, a brother. Oh, man, I got a story for you. He has a brother. Floyd has a brother named Justin. Uh, man, I forgot his last name. But it's from his father, of course. Had a relationship outside the affair. Uh-huh. And had another brother. They say he's really good. Uh, like, I guess at the time. I, I don't know how old he is. He looks like he's probably 18 or something. But they said that at this moment, he looks better than Floyd did. I'm not sure how good. I've never seen them, yeah. but I haven't heard about this guy in, another, in like the last two years. 
But there was a lot of rumors this kid's gonna like fight pro, Floyd's gonna back him up and all that. But I don't know. I really yeah, I've heard yeah. I've heard it's a story. You know, the fight game is a real nasty, brutal game. That's what I'm saying. You ever look on comments when people talk about boxing and fighters, and these cats don't never fought, never been in the ring, yeah. and they've been talking. I hate that. Shit. I hate that. You know, who's a bum, who's this, who's afraid to fight them? Fighters ain't not afraid to fight each other. No. If the money ain't right, promoters don't want it to happen, it ain't gonna happen. Oh, there's a lot of things. They, they argue about ring size, they argue about the gloves, you know, the day of the fight, how much money I'm gonna make, how much you're gonna get in pay-per-view. You know, like, you don't wanna go in there and get robbed completely. You wanna have some type of leverage. It's a business. It's a business. Yeah, you wanna have some type of leverage, you know? But, but, but the respect level in it, like, 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 the things. Like, the thing I'm gonna get ready to have Saturday, the people, I don't even like to be around that type of people, man. Because most of the people who's there come around boxing, like when you win it, they on you. When you lose, you the worst. Right. Ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? And most people that have so much to say never fought, never even put the gloves on, never exactly. been in the ring or spa. Mm -hmm. But they know everything. He's a bum. He's this. He's mm -hmm. that. Never got punched in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Never, Man, never punched nobody. Never. You know? It's it's, it's 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 such an arrogance. It's so weird. Like cause and and we they do it with every sport. You do it with basketball, football, like. And it's okay to have an opinion, but it's, it's another thing to call a guy bum. Yeah. Especially when they don't know the whole exactly. way how the guy got there. You don't even know how much hard it takes. You know, to hard it takes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you didn't put the glove on with somebody you don't know. I know I know a guy named Jose Rodriguez. Uh, his amateur record was one and four. But he wasn't a guy that was good. With the audience, I mean, he used to freeze up, and so we walked out to the stadium or auditorium. He was just frozen. He couldn't deal with the with the, with the crowd. But in the gym, gym wars, and this guy was smacking everyone all over the place. You know, you couldn't touch him. He was fast. He was he had power. He did it all right. But in the actual fights, he just couldn't do it. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then someone would sit back watching that fight and be like, "Well, this guy's a bum. This guy's this and that." Oh, lighting people up in the ring. But, and here's, here's the other side to it that I, I want to talk about, like, and this is for everybody out there. If you want to say something to someone's face, you probably shouldn't say it. You wouldn't call any of these fighters bums to their face. Oh, <laughs> you, you just wouldn't do it. You know what I Unless you're Larry Merchant. You know what I would say? Exactly. <laughs> He's the only one that can get away with that. When I tell the story, people ask me about my loss. I was like, that was a professional. Average motherfucker gonna have a problem. <laughs> I always tell the cats when they be laughing, yeah. I be like, yeah, I, I knocked out what, 28 guys, uh, and I get knocked out one time at 47 years old. I'm old, what do you expect? But the average guy will have a motherfucking problem. It's not in this sport. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. And I, it's I, had not. A, I had a real problem when uh, Nate Robinson fought Jake Paul, and I had a lot of arguments with people because. I feel sorry for you know, it, it, it's funny, right? It's we laugh, we we, we, we joke laugh. about everything. He went out the same round I went out, so I, I couldn't laugh. I'm not picturing me. I'm like, damn. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, man? I give him credit though. I mean, he's, he's an athlete, so he has to step up over the normal person, right? Because you know, athletic, athletically, but he went in there too soon. And, yeah, Way too soon. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, Paul was training for for like two years yeah, before that. These guys, yeah, these guys. You know what it is? It's pride. You know, I could beat them. You know, it's it's. It's the, the mentality of an athlete. I could do it. It, I it won't do, take I could me, do everything. It won't take me that long. Yeah, and you know what it is? I had a guy, 
a friend. Uh, you know, his name is Curtis. I won't go to his last name. Mm -hmm. Very nice. He's a trainer too. And he came to this gym and uh, a few years ago, and he jumped rope. Man, this guy had the equipment. He put the laces. He had. I was watching. You can pretty much know who's who, right? This guy had in his book bag the gloves with the laces. So you're like, oh, this guy has experience. Mm -hmm. You know. Put the stuff away, he was jump roping really good, shuttle boxing really good, moving. And I'm just studying, I'm like, man, this guy, I'm probably gonna get a, a gem out of this guy. Mm -hmm. Hitting the bag's great. Next day he came, I had a chance to talk to him a little bit. Uh, I was like, oh, you fight? He goes, fine, here and there. You know, I didn't go past that. And uh, he approached me, he was all on the spar. At that time I had Flacco, mm -hmm. you know, which. Uh, it's another story. That's yeah, a whole other story. Yeah. And La Flaco, six foot two, 140 pounds. Yeah, he was 32 and two as an amateur. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Sounds on amazing. his way, yeah, he was on his way to the pros. He was training for training camp, then he collapsed. Um, and I asked Flaco, you want to spar with this guy, Curtis? He, you know, I want to see how what he does. And I tell you, Curtis went in there and guys ass kicked rounds around. He did not know how to throw a punch. He was getting hit with everything in the kitchen sink. Curtis was looking at me. Yeah, I man. Round two. Yeah. And his face, he was bloody. And round two, he's looking. I think I posted that on YouTube too. Right? I, think, I think it is up It's on YouTube, right? Yeah, and he's looking. I think he's looking at me like, can you stop it? I mean, he was catching a beating right here in this corner. And, and I said, all right, like, all right, Flavio, that's it. And then he walked out, I was like, you have any amateur fights? He goes, no, nah, man. <laughs> phenomenal, bro, in everything you do. I just let it hit the ring. The ring. They work yeah. out good, but it's a different fight. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. hit the bag, it looks sharp. Oh, yeah. In the ring, total yeah. different thing, man. Everybody looks good on the bag. Everybody looks good jumping rope. Yeah. But when you're in between the square, in the square circle, it's a little different. It's different. A little different. Very difficult job to do. Imagine yeah. doing that. I got to get in the zone, man. I got to. I think two fights I almost got disqualified because I kept calling a fight in somebody else's name. I said, you stole my fight, motherfucker, you remember? <laughs> face to face, I was like, yeah, you ripped my jacket, you remember? Third grade. And represent. Oh, hold on, hold on, time now. Are we going to have uh, Kevin Kelly in the show in the, the event? See, a lot of them are going to be at the next one because this is what, this is February? Yep. I just... A month ago, just decided to do it because somebody said you can use this spot for free. So I try to hit up as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. Now, once we do this one, we do another one in spring, cats are gonna come out. Is, is Jerry Cooney coming to this one? He's gonna be. All right, come here. Good friend of mine, man. Oh, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about the event because uh, people don't know exactly what we're doing here. Like, all right. Um, Set it up how, how all this started, how you decided to go about this event. All right. Funny, but I ain't gonna tell the whole thing. I don't want this to go back. No, I'm at a I'm <laughs> I'm at a Christmas dinner, right? And um, I go to a lot it's of took a little long, just in case. I go to a, I go to a lot of those um those those um you know, ring ten, ring eight, you know, dinners and everything. You're paying like 130, 140, 150 dollars a ticket. Get one meal. You know, you're around a bunch of fighters. They getting a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting there talking to one of the fighters, champs. I said, well, what did they give you? They gave me a free ticket and a meal. I was like, how you getting on? You gonna give me a ride on? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. They, they, they use your name and you ain't getting nothing. And then the fighters that they flew in got money. You know what I'm saying, man? I'm like, so all of y'all got, did this as much as him. Cause you ain't got no money. 
they give you a free meal and you don't get no money off the, off, off the money they made off your name. So I said, I'm gonna do something, man, that everybody can eat, man. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I'm gonna do a um, uh, lunch with the champs. Lunch with the champs, all you can eat. All you can eat food, $20. What type of food? I'm excited now. I mean, you got beans, rice, chicken, fish, everything. You know, healthy food, you know. So I said, I'm gonna do that, but this is what I'm gonna do different, which I had to kept repeating to all of them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, punch drunk, you heard what I said? Sell the tickets and keep the money. How many tickets do you want? Well, five hundred dollars worth, a thousand. You sell them, the money is yours. You call me a yo. I gotta give you the money back. Nah, man, that's you. You, that's your name. Sell the tickets. Just like I kept telling them, um, Junior Jones. I said, Yo, man, settle. You got thousand dollars worth of ticket. Tell somebody they're gonna be strippers there. Something. They giving out weed. <laughs> I mean, like that's People money in your pocket. That. If somebody give me five hundred dollars worth of ticket, I'm selling them all yeah. that same day. Yeah. You know, and he's like, I'm having problems selling them. I'm like, man, hey, Junior Jones. Listen, listen. <laughs> every fighter in the beginning of their career had to sell tickets to work to get on the car. Absolutely. I yeah. said, yo, you need tickets to buy some. Get your cell phone on. You pay some bills. I mean, I'm just talking about any fighter. Mm -hmm. so he's very know. good at stealing people's phones. Yeah, he's good for that. That's another story. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he did that in my girl's phone, man. He took, we sitting at the table at the, at the dinner. He takes her phone, and she a cop. She was like, motherfucker, I'll shoot your ass. <laughs> my phone hey, he did that to me two times, and uh, one time, I said, like, I'm looking, I was like, yo, you okay? He goes, who, you talking to me? I'm like, Junior, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> Give me my phone. You know, I was a sport partner fan, too, for a long time. He's, he's funny. But, but back to that, I wanted to do something that everybody can make some money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All the fighters. And then the money that we collect at the door, we're going to send them to Benitez and Joe and Cullen. You know, fighters who could make it. So if this is going to be good, I think it's going to jump off good. I'm going to do it again and get bigger names to come in. You know what I'm saying, man? Help more. But little fighters, I won't say little, but cats ain't doing too good. Mm -hmm. They can eat, man. You know what I'm saying? They can yeah. eat $1,000 in their pocket, $500 yeah. in their pocket. Before they even get to the event, they made some money. Who, yeah. who are some of the names that we have in this event? Oh, man, you got out. Uh, I know Peter Antifermo's there. Peter Antifermo. I know the mob takes care of him very good. Me and Long Island. You got Tim Weatherspoon. Great guy. You got uh, Alan Davis. Great guy. Uh, Breeland. Great you got, guy. Um, Dennis Milton. You got uh, Adrian Bopper, Junior Jones. Great guy. You got... Uh, Pito, Kodora, Kodora, you got um, uh, Michael Spinks, Michael Spinks, you got um, get that woman champion, I forgot her name, I got her name. You got quite a few people, man. Yeah, you got, um, is, is, is Joy Gamach going? Who? Joy Gamach. See what it is. It was a last minute thing to do. It's a, we only put more this in the morning. But we got 20 ex-champions, you know, that's good. Now, just to say we're going to do this in the summertime, after we put the video up of this one, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? We're going to get a lot more fighters, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got two big names. You got Tim Weatherspoon. Let me know what Shaq Briggs is there. Barkley. Barkley, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? You got, you got some names there, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, when we do it again, it's going to be bigger, more classier. I'm going to do it a little bigger. But I want to, you know, everybody to eat, man. Everybody sell their tickets and make some money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's dope. some stuff. Because uh, a lot of these fighters are just getting exploited by yeah, a lot yeah. of people, you know? And I'm saying, like, I went to this Ring 10 joint, 
as you remember, they made about fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And they flying, they flew, uh, I think they flew Brandon, flew Larry Holmes in. I'm like, these guys got money. You know what I'm saying, man? What about the little fighters, man? You get them a free. Larry Holmes is loaded. Man, mm -hmm. a lot of fighters. He's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is this, man. Everybody need to eat, man. You know, okay, yeah. they messed up their money, whatever the situation is. But you, you got to respect They entertain us for years, man. Yeah. You know, they entertain us for years. I mean, at least you, you know, show some love. Put their life respect, on the line, yeah. You know? But yeah, everybody go through hard times. I was, I was homeless one time, and I, I wasn't even on drugs. Just making mm -hmm. bad decisions. I lost everything. I'm like, man, how the fuck I get in this situation? You know? And I never forget, I got back on my feet. I consider myself rich now. Health, wisdom, you know, financially good. Yep. You know, so, you know, if I ain't got it, nothing rises for me, I'm content. And Rob yeah. always blesses us, man. He always comes to the gym and always gives us uh, food, lots of food and cans and, and all sorts of things to eat. And uh, we have also moments where he comes with his uh, van to give us haircuts. And that is the coolest band there is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, it, 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 it reminds me of like Happy Days, you know, or, or the other show with Rerun, you know, what's happening? You get you get a massage in the chair, uh -oh. you got the bar. <laughs> you got everything in the <laughs> bathroom. In there. bathroom. There's dope. But I thought I saw a strip pole. <laughs> might, might, maybe. Next one. <laughs> so talking about giving, right? Um, you got a foundation, mm -hmm. um, Throwaway Kids Foundation. Yep. My mother threw me away to the system, and that's why I call it Throwaway Kids. You know, because a whole lot of kids get thrown in the system. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's the story. You know, it, you know, that's another story. Mm -hmm. But uh, I take care of kids, you know, foster care, help them get on their feet, help them find their families, um, different things. You know, whatever situation they have, I help them because I've been there. Cards with the food thing, that's my tithe. That's how I tithe. I get with the Rev in the Bronx, I give them whatever I make on a Thursday, I put it in an envelope and I give it to the Rev. They load my van up with food and I give the food away. That's my tithe because I don't go to church. So none is free. The food ain't free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I make $200, $300, that's what I give them. And he loads my van up meat, juice, everything, and I just give it away. That's my tithe. Yeah, and a lot of guys here, they eat like trash. So when you come around, it's like yeah. Santa Claus. Yep. You know? <laughs> they come running to the van. Yeah, they, they run, run to, to the, the van. van. Run, yeah, I be so busy sometimes, I can't make it over here. But I always have stuff in the van. Like, I, I got tons of food in the van. You see it? Yeah. The van be full of stuff. But I got to catch up and I got the meat and everything. The meat is fresh. Today was fish day. Yeah. I was happy about that. Fish and snack. <laughs> <laughs> Fish day, we saw pears. Oh man, I was excited with the pears. Oh, you were eating a pear earlier. Oh man, it was good. I eat so much, man, my tooth is in. <laughs> so, I know your favorite fight is Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. and, and Ray Robbins. And Ray Robinson. Um, and that, Ray Robinson. My favorite, yeah. Your favorite. 174 wins, 19 losses, man, man. two draws, and 109 knockouts. And, and, and 85 and 0 as an amateur. People, people don't know Sugar Ray Robinson like they should. Yeah. Like this, this new generation of boxing fans. Like, obviously, you guys are a lot older. Yeah, than me. And his real name was Walker Smith Jr. 
He, yes. he was he was he was a beast. His trainer trained Joe Lewis and Sugar Ray Robinson. Man, what a career being a trainer, right? Yeah, trainer, trained those two guys. Two of the best. Two of the best. Sugar Ray uh, Robinson's track. What was his name? Oh man, Blackburn. I think it was Blackburn. Can we look it up? No, keep talking. We we always we that, research man. it. We we get our facts right. I I know the name. He was with Joe Lewis. Well, I tell you this. Joe Lewis. You know who's in his corner? You ain't gonna believe. Who's corner? Was with Robinson at one time. That was Muhammad Ali. Robert Muhammad. Young blood. His young blood trained me for a little while. Okay. Oh yes, I remember you know, that. Yeah. Brown, young blood. Yeah. And, and, um, well, that, that was young Muhammad blood Ali's. was in the corner early years with Robinson. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali's uh, <coughs> uh, idol, greatest fighter, was Sugar Robinson. Robinson. In fact, yeah. he. he for a short time, Robinson was training him while he was still fighting. Mm -hmm. And then he was managing him and he couldn't do it because he still wanted to continue fighting for Randy Thurpin and all these other guys still fighting his career. But it was Angelo Dundee that brought Ali to Robinson when he struggled with Henry Cooper. He got dropped from that fight. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, he didn't want to run. He didn't like running. And Sugar Ray Robinson told him, you have to run, kid. That's one way that's, you know, just hearing it from your role model, oh, yeah. that just yeah. inspired oh. my early. Do you remember when I took you to Wale Muhammad's house? Oh, absolutely, I remember. Yo, I remember that. We was, it was like a museum. Yeah. Young blood. So this is Muhammad Ali's brother? No, no, Muhammad Ali's trainer. Oh, trainer. He's the, look, it's, it's Angelo Dandy, it's Young Blood, and it's Odigi Brown. Mm-hmm. Right? Couldn't stand that being <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but he lived in Harlem. Yeah. So yeah. I took Zaya over there, he, he was young. He went over there a few times, yeah. He gave me a, he was, he wanted to give him everything, but you wasn't even in the boxing. He was like, I don't want that. He was like, I was like, yo, let me get that. I was like, Zaya, get it from me. <laughs> <laughs> hand wrap, pictures. All types uh, of Ali. You know, I was trying to put the mouthpiece. He had everything of Ali. I was like, maybe something might rub off on me. You know what I'm saying, man? He was like, I like your son, Zaya. I said, well, Zaya. Whatever you give, you take it. <laughs> so Sugar Ray Robinson's trainer was Sugar Ray Robinson's trainer was George Gainford. Gainford. Yes. Let's see who was Lewis. Yeah. Real funny story. Uh, Lewis and Sugar Ray Robinson were great friends. Great, great friends. And Lewis always said that Robinson was the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, but there was a lot of. Huh, uh, Lewis, they used to stay in the same hotel for the mm -hmm. fights, mm -hmm. and Robinson had lots of different women going there, and he kind of corrupted Joe Lewis to do the same thing. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy stuff. He was like the best fighting machine, man. Oh, those two guys were animals. Different, different times. You fight two weeks later, another fight. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, for me, just for me, a lot of people, you probably say, Mama Ali, Joe Frazier, greatest fight ever, and, but I think the most meaningful, meaningful fight history was Joe Lewis, Max Mellon, second fight in Yankee Stadium. That was the most meaningful because of the World War II and you know at that time they started letting blacks into the military uh, and, and, uh, that, and then on that military but uh, also as far as the Olympics. As far as what was going on in the country, yeah. It was, it was, that was huge, but one of his but best fights in his loss Gave it to him was Jersey Joe Wilcox. That yeah. dude can box. Yeah. Well, and Jersey, no one knew his actual age. Yo, he yeah. was a beast, man. <laughs> he was a beast. Ali got some moves from him too, man. Yeah. If you really look at uh, uh, Wilcox, 
He's very difficult to emulate. Mm -hmm. yeah. He had a shuffle. Yeah. And he even caught Marcial. Yeah. He caught Marcial with that little shuffle. Yeah. He was very awkward. Yeah. He did it to Joe Lewis. He yeah. Joe, yeah. And he beat and he fought uh Ezra Charles, who was one of the greatest fighters he in history. Wicked. And okay. and uh and Ezra Charles beat Joe Lewis. Right, the the Cincinnati Cobra. See, see, you got and a he question. Fought, he, got fought, a, he fought. He fought. Woke up four times. There was two and two. You got to question some things. Like, not to take away from Joe Lewis, but Joe Lewis didn't fight a lot of black fighters. You know what I'm saying? And all the black fighters gave him trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. Jersey Joe, he fought him twice. He beat him yeah. once. He gave him the first one. As a child, beat him. He fought mostly all the white fighters, man. Yeah. He was going through it, but there was a lot of black fighters. He, he came up with the term the bump of the month club. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but he didn't fight a lot of black fighters. Man. Yeah, I don't so you, you would never really know how great he is. Yeah. But real fast, so he came up with the term the bum of the month club, mm -hmm. right, Joe Lewis. And he had a lot of catchy little phrases like you could you could rub, you can't hide, you can come up with that. Um, but when he fought uh, the light heavyweight, Billy Khan, right? Billy Khan said, you know, I want to fight you, this and that, you know. Um, you know, he, he said, "You think you think I'm going to be part of the Bomb of the Month Club?" And he told Joe Rose was very good and said, "You're going to be part of the tour." <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because they fought, right? They fought two times. The first time he was winning, I think I don't know, ten yeah. eleven rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right then, Joe Rose got him. And at the end, Billy Khan says, "Joe, I was heavyweight champ. Uh, 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 you should let me win for the belt. I was winning. Why did you have to knock me out?" He says, "You were the heavyweight champion of the world for eleven or ten rounds." And I had to take and it back. Yeah, he couldn't he, hold the belt. The, the, the mistake he made, he stood toe to toe with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the mistake he yeah. made. Man. Yeah. My father saved all those clips, man. He saved, gave me a whole, Joe whole career, man. Very humble heavyweight, the second uh, black heavyweight ever to win a uh, heavyweight championship. Mm -hmm. You know, the Brown Bomber. Incredible. Brown. I had 25, 25 title defenses. He was 11 years and a half. Straight uh, heavyweight champion. No, no, no. no, no, no. Kleshko was the only one that close. came. He came for Larry. Larry was seven years. Yeah. Seven years. Okay. But Kleshko, Vladimir Kleshko had um ten years, mm -hmm. ten years and two or three months. Right, he was the second closest, mm -hmm. and he had twenty-two title defenses, I believe, and Lewis had twenty-five title defenses. So mm -hmm. he was the closest in every category. Mm -hmm. Um, but Joe Lewis is incredible, you know, and it was sad how the, when he joined the military, right, and he donated all his proceeds for the fights to the military for the war, and how he came okay. out, he came out of that, right, I think it was 13 fights he donated, that's, man, that's ridiculous. 13 fights, he donated the money, right, to the government, to the, government, to the military, right, and he fought, and he enlisted himself, I mean, they weren't going to put him anywhere big, they made him like a sergeant for, for, for things like that, but when he comes out, right, IRS is there taxing him on all his fights, and he became a heroin addict, you know, and very few people took care of him. The three most famous people that took care of him was Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra had a, 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 a big uh, heart for fighters, took care of him, made him a, a greeter at, at, the, at the Golden Nugget or at Caesars in uh, Las Vegas, and Rocky Marciano was his biggest inspiration, right? Marciano loved this guy. Um, and also Max Schmelin, who fought him twice. He beat him the first time, but it was the second time. Mm -hmm. He was, I think, the president of Coca-Cola at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, he was, everyone thought he was racist. He wasn't racist. He used to always give Joe Lewis money. You know, it just happens to be German. spoke up for himself. You know, yeah. but they, people took care of him, you know? Took yeah, care of him, you know, that's, that's cool, but you know, you 
got to speak up for yourself. You got to speak up. Look, look who did it before him. Yeah. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. He, he had a big mouth. Oh, yeah. He was he doing was, it 30, 40 years ahead, man. So, so, so Lewis could have made a better issue fight for, you know, his took a better stance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't. When you don't take a stance, man, I mean, come on. You know what it was? They, I believe they probably told Joe Lewis, listen, we know you have the goods. We're going to let you fight these white guys to win the belt, right? He, he, he beat uh, the Cinderella man, uh, James mm-hmm. Brother, right? James Brother, he beat him for the belt. Yeah, you know, the yeah. deal, and, and And they told him, you know, don't do this. We can't have you talking nonsense like this guy. <laughs> Jack Johnson was like they beyond. Didn't, they didn't like that. But did you know the contract deal with what, with Joe Lewis? No, and him. He was getting a percentage of his purse. With Jack Johnson? No, no. With um, Cinderella kid. Oh, Jack uh, brother, James brother. He gets a piece of Joe Lewis purse for yes. Like ten, yes, yeah, ten, ten years crazy. or something like that. Yeah, it, crazy. Deal. It was crazy just to get the title shot. Yeah. In fact, that's in the movie, guys. Everybody can watch it also. But yeah, that was that was ridiculous. That's um, crazy. And you know, he knew it was gonna be him. You, you know, gotta speak up for yourself. Yeah. It was it was uh it was crazy, you know. Do, do you and I don't wanna disrespect, um, but you think in some way he was somewhat of a puppet back then? Absolutely. Yeah, but well, they told him. They told him um whoever his trainer was was telling him he was a yes man's trainer. Um, what's his name? He just said his name. So George Black, Blackwood. Blackwood. So okay, so Jack I said Jack Blackburn. I was right about that, but with Joe Lewis. So Sugar Ray Robinson's trainer was George Gainsford. Yeah. yeah, Jack Blackburn was another phenomenal trainer as well. He was a fighter too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, gotta, he, he had to do what he had to do. Jack Johnson, I mean, he, he did what he wanted to do. You got listen, if, if, if Jack Johnson did it way before they was hanging cats back then, yeah. and, and yeah. you're gonna be all silent now. I mean, come on, man. I mean, Jack Johnson. He was was a, I don't feel sorry if you let things happen. You know what it is? Joe Lewis wasn't a talker like that either, you know? Yeah, it was crazy. He, he beat the people and just oh. behind the scene. I mean, I mean look. That's how things happen to you. You chase women, yeah. man, and do all that, man. You can, you can speak up. You punch hey, people in the face in the ring. I mean, you can speak. Like, you know they were just molded him not to speak out. They told him that. They made that clear. Don't do like he did. Yeah. And he just did that. He went yeah. along with it. Stay but alone. sometimes you got to just, you got to be rebellious. They kept him alone. Yeah, no, absolutely. I believe that they kept him online. He had, he, he wanted to be champion. No, but he, he wanted to be But he made that choice. He made he that, that choice. Yeah. Yeah, he he lost right. Jack Johnson opened the door. You yeah. know what I'm saying, man? And Ali came even better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even even Sonny Liston, who was yeah. in between was Joe Lewis, Joe Lewis and uh Muhammad Ali, right? He was the most feared. It's good to be humble, time. man, but you gotta speak up. They screwed him over a lot. Yeah. The mob screwed him over. Yeah, yeah but he, well, he, 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 he was a dangerous man. Yeah, and, but he also put himself in some holes, too, with yeah. a lot of the things that he did. So. Armed robbery. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was in prison a lot. Uh, he was a beast, man. He, he was yeah. an animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Animal. Every, everybody was. How he demolished uh, Floyd Patterson mm-hmm. and all the other guys. You know, he was, he was, he was a scary guy. In fact, yeah. Mama Lee said of all the guys he ever fought. Guy who's more scared of was Sonny Liston. Yeah. You, you know, you fight the heavyweight champion of the world. When at that time, every division, I think they had about eight one. to ten. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. every division had one belt, right? Mm-hmm. And they were working as the man. That was you the champ. Yeah. He, he was a big guy. They called him the Big Bear because he was a big guy. He used to train in training camp, playing jazz. He was very relaxed. Uh, he he also had ties. Huh? No, he used to spar a lot. Oh, come on. George, yeah, yeah, and George, that was George Foreman's favorite fighter. 
He's such a listener. He idolized the man. He so learned you, a lot. You can see where he got the mean streak. Oh, he, he, he was a mean guy. They was both like the mean I don't know how many kid, uh, brothers and sisters he had. I think it was like something like 18 kids or something like that. Uh, but he was a, a troubled guy. He was involved with the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, There's a great documentary on him. He, uh, uh, he, he actually shot at Muhammad Ali. A lot of people don't know that. When they were doing the press conference, right? Ali just came nagging and nagging. He was getting fed up with Muhammad He pulled out a gun and shot him in the air. Muhammad was like, oh, But, you know, he was a dangerous guy. Yeah, he was a different. He was, you a know, different. he was in prison for armed robbery. Yeah. He was heavyweight champion of the world. He, he was an animal. Uh, uh, and tied with the mob, so there was a lot of like yeah. nervousness. Like, if I'm fighting, I was like, wow, there's a lot to deal with. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that last fight was fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. And you know who was working? 100%. You know who was the referee? Here's, here's a quiz. Who was the referee for that fight? Mm-hmm. Jersey Joe Wilcott, exactly. And it was at an auditorium. There was about 2,000 people for that big fight. Mm-hmm. Sonny Liston versus Mamali 2. Like 2,000 people in the, the, whole, the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know if the mob scared him or the Muslims scared him. Muslims. Scared I think him. it was more the mob. I think there was a lot of money involved, and they probably said, "Look, first round." No, no, no. He was supposed to win. He wasn't supposed to throw the fight. He got the, the, the story that Youngblood told me that he was scared of the nation. Mm. He was scared of the nation. The nation threatened him, and the mob wanted him to win to make get their money back. And, and that's and I think the mob killed him. And at the sense. end of the day, I mean, think about it. One thing he was for sure scared of was needles. They yeah. said he was always scared of needles, and he died over a needle <clears throat> of heroin overdose. But he was a little drug addict and hated needles. Sounds sounds like a, a setup to me. Yeah. And and after the Muhammad Ali fight, after the Muhammad Ali fight, he fought. I think I don't know how many fights, ten to fifteen fights, and he won all of them by knockouts or wins. And he got knocked out. Yeah. So much. Yeah. yeah, yeah but but good. yeah, and nobody knew his exact age. He looked pretty old. Yeah, it's, it's a sad, a sad story, but a very interesting one. Uh, if anybody got time, please check out that documentary yeah, on yeah, it. It's, it's a very good documentary. Very that that first fight with Ali, Muhammad Ali almost quit. Yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. he had some some oil in his eyes that they rubbed on on on, on, on uh, Sonny Liston's gloves, and, they, and it was blind. He was getting hit. And one he was thing, like, "Take the gloves off." One thing I gotta say, and I never say this, people will be talking about. I can never say what I would would have put it there. The reason why I say that, I had a good amateur career. Mm-hmm. When I got injured, I didn't have no medical to get my nose fixed, and my mom's put me out. And I came back years later. Now, I always look at if I would have came up with breathing and all of Tyson, because Tyson was a year behind me, breathing was two years before me. We always in the amateurs together. I remember that. And then the whole 27 years that I was away, I'm watching him in the barbershop on TV, on TV sitting on the show. And I would never say, yo, I used to box with nah, because who gonna believe you? Well, that, well, that, did that anger you? Like, you just love it. It, 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 it angered me with Tyson. Because when Tyson became the man, it angered me with him. Because I used to be, Tyson used to spar Carl Williams. Carl was, Carl was on my team, Cage Recreation. My trainer, um, I'm trying to remember. The head guy of the gym, Italian guy, old Italian guy. Um, he was real close to Customato, and when when they when they didn't have the um the 
gloves and Empire State games, they used to do the smoker fights on the off months. Mm -hmm. So we used to go from White Plains up upstate, or they used to come down there, and we used to do the boxing shows. The city did their thing with the city people. So Westchester wasn't really messing with the city, only in the big tournaments. And we used to go up there, and I used to see Tyson, and um, <coughs> Carl was a few years, Carl was like five years old. Carl used to always, he was the only one that used to beat him up in sparring. When they turned pro, I bet in $100 that Carl was gonna beat him and might knock him out. And listen, Carl was a very good friend he of mine. Good Rest his soul. Um, and I hated Mike Tyson, man, for freaking years because of that too. fight. When he beat Carl Williams, I was so pissed. It was the opposite. I, I, ain't, I ain't stopped rooting for Mike until he fought Lennox. That's how much I was hating. You know, I was mad. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, yo, I should have. Nah. But, you know, I told him one day, he punched me in my chest. And he was like, you was betting against me, man. I was like, I wasn't betting against you, man. I was just, you know, just. If you want to call it hate, you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, you made it, I didn't. Breland made it. I didn't like nobody I was in the amateurs with coming up. Who was the most spectacular fighter at that time, though? Those making him. Was it Breland or Tyson? Uh, no, Tyson wasn't. He wasn't making noise like that as an amateur. He went to, you know, did his thing, but it was, it was, um, um, Dennis Milton and, um, Breland. But Dennis Milton was a better fighter. And breathing, you know what I'm saying? Because he beat a lot of good guys in the pro. Like, yeah, better he quality. Beat, yeah, yeah, he was a better fighter. He won four, Breland won five, but Dennis Milton was a better fighter all the way around. I mean, they all cool, we was all cool. And the reason why I give my opinion because I'm a fighter, but I didn't like Breland as an amateur because I felt he was just beating everybody easy because he was tall. Yeah. What you call it, gave better fights. He was knocking the cats out. Dennis Milton was a better all around fighter. Did you uh, know or get to see my cousin Alex Ramos back then? Maybe he's I met him. Or... I met him at two fights. I met him at a, a Golden Glove. He came there. Zab was there, and we met. And I met him. Um, I think it was at a Garden fight. He, he wasn't fighting, but he was there in the audience. I met him years ago. He's in Florida. He's in Florida. He suffered a seizure, a seizure, a few years back. He's it's okay, I speak to him all the time. Um, over 200 victories. He was one of the reasons I went into boxing. I was idolizing him all the time. Um, he had a lot of amateur fights? Yeah, he had, uh, I think, 200 victories and many losses. Fighters. But he, he, he fought everything, man. The Google games, all, all that. He was I like him. I like him because I didn't know him. And you know, he, he, was, signed, I knew. he I, was signed to Lou Duba. Mm -hmm. And George Benton was his trainer. And one of my old trainers, Lou yeah, Camacho. Was training him as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Louis Camacho trained uh, Richard Burman and all these other guys as well. Um, I would never know what I could have done. I never had an opportunity. There was a lot of talent, man, back then. A lot of James Wright. There was a lot of talent. Because the average motherfucker would have a problem. Absolutely. <laughs> As I carry my leather gloves. I don't play. Yeah, <laughs> I still put, <laughs> put that work in, bro. Now, Rob, right now, right? There's about, I think, 25. Maybe 28 boxing gyms in New York City. Mm -hmm. Back then, we had how much? Leeson was a big gym. Big he had a few, in the, quite a few in the Bronx. Westchester didn't have that many. Yeah, Yonkers PAL, you had a kid recreation. Mm -hmm. um, I, had a, I had a good team, man. Remember Freddie Spy? 
and no. Freddie Spryer, fourth from upstate. You had um, you had um, these two cats that came from the Virgin Islands. They um, they was contenders. Um, a good team, man. But I was I was nobody on the team. I was just a regular fighter, man. You know what I'm saying? Juan Laporte at that time was making noise too. There was a cat that was on my amateur team, and you probably friends with him. Spanish cat, um, uh, Hector Cruz. Hector, he won like three Golden Gloves, Empire uh -huh. State games, all that. He was on my team, and we fought in Yonkers, PAL. And Hector lost that night that I won. The night that we fought up in um, in the jail, he was the only. I was the only one that win. He lost, but it was three Golden Glove champions on that card, and Empire State champion. But um. The Empire State Games were great, man. Oh, you know, you know Angel Gonzalez? Angel Gonzalez. I beat him in my uh, comeback Cruz, fight. I don't know. He's a two-time Empire State champion. And we fought for my first comeback fight. They took the Empire State Games in 2007. It was a great, it was a great tournament. I don't know they what they got it anymore? They don't have it anymore. 2007 was mm -hmm. the last. So it ain't no more Golden Gloves neither. There's no, no more Golden Gloves. How they stop that? Thank God I won the both on this one. You won the Golden Gloves? I won in 97. 97, and I won the Empires in 98, Metro 98, uh, Latin Gloves 99. Latin Gloves. Latin Gloves, yeah. Yeah, well, there was a lot of, uh, any any uh, any stories with you sparring back then? Any, any world-class champion guys you sparred, or you had any problems with? What's your, what's your craziest? Oh. My crazy experience with this dude named um, this is how I knew I wanted to be a fighter. I'm gonna tell you something. When I used to come to the gym, I was like 13, 14, 16. I had been about 16 then. And I used to just jump in the ring with anybody. Because I thought that was, you know, that's how you learn. So when I used to walk in the gym, just walking in, they'd be like, yo, Garris, Garris, yo, move with um Russell, move with Johnny. And I could throw my gear up, no warm-up, and jump in the ring. Because I was eager to learn. They used to treat me like a piece of meat. <laughs> Everybody's a fucking punk. You got us. And then one day, this dude named Bobby Thompson said, yo, man, they use you as a piece of meat, practicing on you. Because you don't, you, don't, you don't have no fights. So he let me get in the ring with him. He was teaching me some stuff. He had his girlfriend on the side. And he said, yo, I got an air infection. Don't hit me in the air. So we, we sparring and stuff. And, um, I accidentally hit him in his head. <laughs> he threw me in the corner, and I'm trying to do this in front of his girl. I got a little flurry on him, hit him in his head, and I was like, before I could say I'm sorry, he just stopped hooking me. Boom, 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 boom. That was a learning lesson. But when it was deep one day, there was a cop that used to come to the gym and train, older guy, and we all in the locker room, and he was in there, Gil McCoy, Darryl, Darryl brothers. So he asked everybody when they turn pro, what are they gonna do with their money? So um, at that time, I thought that there was no poor people in America. I thought there was only in Africa. When I see those little commercials, you send them 50 cents. So I said, yeah, I'm gonna turn pro to feed the people in Africa. Cause I used to be sending change out there. My mother be like, why you be sending change? Like they be getting these little cards of people <laughs> in Africa. Who's doing this? I said, I'm sending them money because they're poor people. He said, poor is around the corner. Probably they poor over there. I ain't know. I didn't know it was poor people in America. <laughs> so we in the we in the locker room. I'll never forget this. And the cop said, um, Gil, man, what you going in? He said, I'm gonna buy me some more fur coats. 
He said, you know those coats are fake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was a pro. And he said to uh, um, Dow Thompson, he said, um, Dow, I'm gonna buy a house, man. And he said to the other brother something, they was gonna buy a house for their mom. Then he looked at me and said, what you gonna do? I wanna feed the poor people here. You know, I was up the poor. So um, I got in the ring, I'm sparring somebody. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was um, either Gil McCoy or this white dude named Joey, right? And he's in the corner jump roping the cop. So as I'm in the corner getting pounded on, He's jumping rope, so he stops in the middle, jumping rope, and leans over to the ring while I'm getting pounded on and said, if you're gonna help those kids, you gotta get out of that corner. So the average person would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm getting beat up, man, I ain't thinking about no kids. The thought of helping people got me out of that corner. I started fighting hard, you know what I'm saying, man? I started fighting hard, 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 bell rope. But that's when I knew what I said I wanted to do. Because I, you know, I wasn't poor. You know, the family I had, you know, family that took me in, they had money. You know what I'm saying? You know, the only poor people I knew was on TV. I didn't think kids in the project were poor. But I said they could stay out late, they dress good. I didn't think they was poor. Mm -hmm. But um, that's when I knew what I wanted to do. You know what, I'm what was your most difficult fight in the amateurs? Oh man, when I, one one fight we fought up in that, that fight up in um that fight up in uh. All my amateur fights were pretty easy because I was a boxer, I was slick. Um, when we fought up in um, up in that jail, and I fought this dude, he was a pro on the outside, and he fought in jail, you know what I'm saying, man? And um, I forgot his name, man, I forgot his name. But he was related to Johnny Bumpus, remember? Johnny Bumpus, Bump City Bumpus? He was a junior walkaway champion. Um, he was well, from Philly? From Philly. Okay. Philly so he was a pro in the world, but in the jail, he was an amateur. Mm -hmm. I fought him. I was the 12th fight on the 14th card. And I beat him in a decision. That was my toughest fight. But how did they let how did they let a pro that you I can mean, do that? On I mean, the streets, he's a pro. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because when you he's, he's doing he's doing a 20-year bid for murder. So they took his license as yeah. a once you, once you, once you, but well, you some know, back then, they, they but you gotta remember, yeah. license back then lasts for a year. Yeah. I mean, he got eight years in. You know what I'm saying? He's eight years in. The license don't mean nothing. So I fought him at 139, and yo, it was a tough fight. I remember he hit me one time, and I thought I was going down, and my face hit the second rope, and I just bounced right back up to swing it. And we fought a tight fight, and they gave me the decision, man. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the night, what was the night? It was daytime. We was in a, um, we was in a, like a uh, cafeteria. And when you go into the ring, it was like a cage, all the inmates, it was number of inmates. And you had to walk through this little tunnel of a cage. And I'm like, damn, this is like, you know, some, some, come on, it's crazy. Some yeah, animal, man. <laughs> like all, it was, there was no outside people there, but my team. And at the end of the fight, we was in the cafeteria eating, and he ran over to me and said, I'll see you again when I get, up, get out on the outside. And I was like, get out of the outside. <laughs> I'm saying, man, like, you want to fight me again? He said, yo, I was a pro before I, I came in to, to jail. But the whole team got beat. You know what I'm saying? I was the only one that won that, and I still got that trophy. That trophy fell, broke so much. I got so much duct tape glue on it. I still got that trophy, 1982. 
Still got that trophy. Don't ever you gotta always yeah, keep that's it, right? Dope, man. Fighting. I still got half of my trophy. Well, was the inmates cheering for you or for oh, him? They, they, they were cheering for him, but they gave me so much respect. Like that, that after the fight, we didn't cap turkey eating. They was coming over to give me fruit, milk. I'm like, I ain't taking this shit home. Like, they was good. They was like dissing my team, but I was the only one that went. And they had this dude named James Golden. He was um, 165 pounds. He was a Golden Glove champion. It was like three Golden Glove champions and two Empire State champions. And they was the top fighters. I was at the bottom. And I was the only one that went that night against a pro. And it was, it was all prisoners. You guys were fighting all, all prisoners. prisoners. I never forget when we did the weigh-in. Every, all the fighters had their, their head shaved, and they all had grease all over their body, and they had all black shorts. And, and as we was riding up there, they was talking about, oh, they inmates, man. They, 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 they ain't in the best shape. And one, one, one of the trainers in the van said, don't get no pussy. They, 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 they work out all day. We used to talk about that. <laughs> so Ray is driving, fat, you know, white guy. He drives. He's like, ah, you can beat these guys. They problems. They, they inmates. They, they jerk off all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got there, we was in a room, like a gym like this, their gym. And they was all lined up, you know, flexing, greasing up. And as they was going up to get on the scale, and they shake their hand, they was punching my teammate's hand. So the dude I went to fight, he shook my hand and squeezed my hand. I'm squeezing in, we like having a tiger wall squeezing hands. But I knew it was gonna be a tough fight. He was cut up, he was cut up. Those guys are trained all day long. That's, that's, all, that, that's the thing that, but the long. best thing about that, I was in good shape, like I was chopping dogs, everything. I was like, I was about 17, and um, that was a tough fight, man. That was it, my toughest It's a fight. shame that they don't have more boxing in prisons in that. I think they need that. Because they helps, you know. Yeah. But I don't think they the do violence. that no more, bring amateur fighters up to jail. No, no, no they, they stopped that. Yeah. When you they said it, I We went the wrong way, too. I think and Clinton. I, I won. Clinton is the yeah. one that stopped but, but all they, that. But they do. Inmates fight other inmates. They do that. Yeah. No, they, they stopped that, too. They stopped that, too? Yeah, that's all gone. Boxing is gone. But you know what tournament I want to put together? Rackers Island fighting for Howard. Rackers got a box but how is up? Yeah, it's, it's Westchester. Yeah, the inmates. I mean, not the inmates. The um, COs. COs do a tournament. That'd be dope. You know, or do nice. I want to do a, a tournament with COs against cops, cops against firemen? They always do the firemen. Mm -hmm. They all hate the cops. Yeah. yeah. But I always wanted to do a tournament like that. That'd be dope. That that get and put sanitation in there too. They got their own yeah. boxing yeah, team too. Yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. do a tough man contest. I want to do all that, man. So I had the audience. Man. So, Rob, a question, right? That we argue all the time. <clears throat> so your fair fighter of all time is Mom Riley, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure Ray Ross. Um in the current state now people are saying uh sugar I mean uh what's this called? Floyd Mayweather Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the documentary on him and I watched his fight. He was the man. He Floyd, was, Floyd I, you, can't, you can't take nothing from him. He fought everybody man. Floyd versus I'll throw on a Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, Leonard would beat him. He had a killer instinct. And what round? Leonard would have took him in five rounds. I think he would have rolled seven. That, he would, he I would, say seven. He would, he would have rolled that shoulder. Maybe Sugar would have hit him all up in the. Sugar would have caught him. Sugar was faster than Sugar. I can't say because we haven't seen that happen to him. So. Well, well, well listen, 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 listen. He ain't fought no real big walkaways. Most of the walkaways he fought. Was, was his height or a little shorter? But those fighters back then were like. And there was a lot of disadvantages. 
yeah, you fall with guys that were no forward. What we what we have to also take into account is the evolution of the sport of boxing. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of techniques that they had in the eighties and nineties, they didn't see a lot of the things that these guys are doing now. And Floyd, no one's ever seen a fighter like Floyd Mayweather. Floyd was good. And a guy that can make adjustments like that. Yeah, These guys would have yeah, that's but, a whole but, but, different but play. the punching power and the speed that Sugar Ray Leonard had, the beast. Yeah. I mean, you see how you, you had never seen him when he no. fought his father? If anybody, yeah. if anybody would do it, it would be Leonard. The only, the only reason I say this is because Floyd is can take with whatever you do good, we've seen it. He can take it away from you. I ain't never seen him fight. Yeah, fight he like he picks. He picks. Yeah. I would, no, I no, no. I wouldn't say that. See, I understand his method. Mayweather does. Mayweather want to fight a fighter that got an audience so he can make some money. Got a following. It makes sense. Following, but also has man. witnesses. Nah, nah, he fought everybody. Listen, let me tell you this. I'm going to 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 tell, 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 tell you this. Nobody thought that he was going to beat Kamel. Kamel was bigger, stronger. Nobody thought it. Because he was a beast. He's about the best Mexican fighter I've ever seen today. Today. He got. He's like one of the best Mexican fighters that I see today. Over yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I think. I think. I think. Well, 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 well. At the weight he's at now, you know what I'm saying. At the weight he's at now, as a middleweight, he's a beast. You know what I'm saying, man. And they, they, they trying to save him, picking his fights. But he's a, he's a beast, man. He's a beast. He's a different. He's, he's a different, beast. He's a different animal. But, but, but. It's, Everybody gonna have their opinions matching fighters up. I give them all credit. They all, they all, they all beasts. How would Canelo do with Marvis, Marlins, and That'd be a tough fight. I think Canelo wins that fight. Yeah, Canelo is a is a he throwing off. Canelo throwing off. This guy would have been in your face. Canelo, he has a different style of a Mexican. He doesn't. You ever notice that? Camelo yeah, don't he's, fight he's like a Mexican. He's slick. He doesn't fight like it. You you would think that he's you know he came from Detroit. He don't fight like no Mexican. He he can move, slip. You know what I'm saying? He's not one of those brawlers that's going in and take a shot. He can he can he can punch. Yeah. He can punch, man. He can hit and but, but he, he doesn't can, throw a lot. Uh, he does land. He's accurate. Well, he's accurate. Uh, he's good. Not the greatest footwork, but I know we're gonna hold on. I wouldn't. I won't say he don't have the greatest footwork. His feet are slow. Yeah. But he knows how to position his feet yeah, yes, to yes. land the shots. But he has no fight he, against a boxer. And I think what you call it could beat him again. Triple G. You know what I'm saying, man? He lost I, that. I don't lost think that so. I'm a fight. huge Triple That's, G fan. But yeah, he Triple lost G. that first fight. Triple G beat him in that no, first I, fight. No, I, I agree. I, I, I think after, the, after the second fight, Canelo beat him the second fight. Second fight. fight. And first I think fight, after that, G. Canelo had it had it figured out. I don't. I think if they ever fought again, it wouldn't. Well, it doesn't make sense. Well, 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 Triple G is not the Triple same. G's older. Triple yes. D beat worse. him in that first fight by by you know, a few rounds. Uh, yeah. I I, I, I don't I don't know because I, Triple he G lost him, him, he, he lost him he lost a lot of the early rounds, and Canelo slowed down in the middle of the fight. He lost all of those middle rounds to me. Canelo yeah, but, did. But you don't just take it from the champ like that, man. I mean, yo, he. Triple G was stayed in his grill, man. What do you think of Manny Pacquiao? He's a beast, man. I give him all the credit. Manny Pacquiao versus Aaron Pryor. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think Aaron that's Pryor a, knocks him out. That's probably. Tough one. I think he Aaron, knocks him out. Aaron Pryor. And he probably would have knocked the crap out of Floyd Mayweather too. But now, no. But Pryor was a bad dude. Let's he was a bad dude. We're we talking, we talking resume. Right? He beat up Tommy Hearns in amateurs. Yeah, that's amateurs. Let's, let's talk about Manny Pacquiao's resume real quick. 
Very questionable resume. What's the question? I will tell you this. Before all the famous. And I'm, the only reason I'm going to say this Even is because... Even Floyd will have a question. No, the only reason I will say it is because when people question Floyd's resume, you can't do that. Because Pacquiao fought all the guys that Floyd beat. And they he fought, fought him. Name how many guys? I, I'll name him. He fought, he fought Delahoy after Floyd fought him. Okay. And he drank weight drink. All right. He fought Cotto after. He Cotto, Cotto, no, no, Cotto. He, he weight drank Cotto. Wait a minute, but he fought Cotto before. Before Floyd. Before Floyd. Floyd fought him at his natural weight. After he came up with win, he fought him after he lost to Mar- Margarito. He fought. So did so did Mayweather. Yeah, Mayweather fought him Mayweather after the fight got high. I, I can't even get in that conversation. You know why? Because all these fighters fought each other. Different time, different weight. It don't make a difference. I give them all credit. Oh, of course. All of course. credit. I don't. I don't take nothing from. Him. I can say I think he can be him. He can be him. Yeah, no. But I give them all they credit. All that, that 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 it's timing when you fight people. You know what I'm saying, man? And, and for us to, to say when they should have fought, he was younger, he was older, that weight. We, we we behind the scene. It's just like it's just like a basketball team. We could say the Knicks this and that, um, why they cut him. We're not even part of the, the organization to know everything about that player, why they got rid of him, what, what what makes him tick, why he do what he do, what habits he got. We ain't even invested in him. So to go that deep and say something about a person, what they can do, what they can't do. Just like I, I said it openly. I don't know what I could have did. I never had the opportunity. You know what I'm saying, man? I never had the opportunity. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a shot fighter that does fights for charity. But the average person in the street gonna have a problem. But for me, in the ring, I'm an old fighter. I'm, I'm done. You know what I'm saying, man? I'm 56 well, years old. What do you think of Tyson Fury? He's, he's, a, he's a beast. I like him. I like I like his I like his style, and I like his his, his character, his personality, story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, story too. No, yeah. I I want to meet him. You know what I'm saying? Man? I think he's I think nobody's gonna beat him for a minute. You know what I'm saying? I think he would have given every single heavyweight Everybody, yeah. in history. My favorite heavyweight was Holyfield. I think he would have gave every heavyweight. Ah, uh, he would have had a problem with Holyfield. Holyfield would have got in there and. and yeah, Holy Holyfield put so much pressure on him, and, 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 and he couldn't really yeah, clinch Tyson, Holyfield. Tyson, That's Tyson, my opinion. Tyson is a better boxer than Bo. Who would have been going boxing, using that jab, bat, bat, and holding? Bo, him. Bo, Bo had that good, that one too. Yeah. It would have been a problem. I mean, we're gonna all have our views, man. But it, it's Bo would have gave him a fight. Yeah, Bo had a great one. Lens would have gave him a fight too. You know? Bo had a great one too. Oh, Tyson, he would have beat. He Tyson. also had a great one too in my in my Mike car. Mike Tyson, he was not Mike Tyson now. <laughs> Mike, I wouldn't say knock him out. He, he would have beat Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Fury would have beat him too. Beat Mike Tyson? Will, Tyson would have destroyed. Not Mike Tyson, destroyed. Yeah, yeah. You think he would have beat him? I think a lot of, a lot of the old fighters would have beat Tyson in the prime because they wasn't scared. Like, fighters in Tyson's era, they was intimidated. Fighters in the 60s and 70s and 80s, they were no, not they scared. scared. They were not scared. They would fight. No, but you said Tyson Fury would beat Tyson? Yeah, he would have boxed. That would have been tough. Without boxing. See, one thing about I noticed about Tyson, and I, I noticed about this as an amateur, I watched him. When you can back him up, or he can't scare you, the fight is different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, man? That's one thing I noticed about a person. He's a good fighter, and that's my man. But if, if you're not afraid, it's a, the fight is different. We've seen it versus Holyfield. Yep. We've seen it versus Holyfield. Yep. I think Mike Tyson. And the same thing when, when he fought on Lennox. a Lennox, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If he ain't a, if, 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 if he can't back you up, yeah. the fight is different. But and he said it as an amateur. 
Like he didn't want to fight this one dude. I never forget we was in the same, we was on the same car. There's a smoker. He said, that dude looked like a cop, man. I ain't, I, and they had to talk him in and psych him up. Like, you beat this dude. He ended up knocking the dude out, but I wonder how great he would have been, right? If Custom Model would have lived another 10 years, Jeff Jacobs never died, and they would have kept Teddy Alice instead of Kevin Rooney as the head trainer. He would have he been more dangerous because yeah. that, that, that beast would really came out of him. Those, those three guys knew how to work yeah. their magic. I think, I think he would have still yeah. ran into guys that just yeah, had, had his number. Like some certain guys, like I don't. Will he have to roast Buster Douglas? I don't think he. Well, that no. night, Buster Douglas, it just. I, I'm not gonna say he wasn't in shape, but Buster Douglas' mind state was in a, it was different. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what's funny? He was not totally to mention the, the 13 count. Yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was definitely out. That. He was uh, definitely out. That yeah. fight was so, over. Yeah, yeah, that, that fight didn't even happen. For me, yeah. They always tell you get up when the rest starts. He yeah, had to get up. You're right. That's he was the there. Rule one. He, he, he was like this. Yeah, yeah. He was just one. You know, he was getting yeah. that. That's what he's supposed what? to do. And I think that he was chilling. But you know what? I don't think he, he wanted to get up right away. He waited for the That's just, the ref and the line judge. Yeah, they yeah. should have started that count yeah. when they were supposed to start. But, but the ref controls the fight. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Buster Douglas, not a Hall of Famer. In, in, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, yes. Always will be remembered for that event, right? 1990, right? 1990 mm-hmm. or 1991? I think it was 90. Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo. Um, I was sitting home watching that fight by myself. I was supposed to go out that night. And I said, man, I might go knock this dude out real quick. I went to the bathroom, came back out, and he's, he's getting up off the canvas. I said, wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. He was a top 10 fighter at that time. He was. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and, I'm going to tell you a great time. Oh, man, with Tyson. Right after he lost that fight, he was hanging up in Bentley's. And me, one of my barbers and I think one of my cousins and a couple of my boys was up in there and he was walking around that night with a jean suit on, sunglasses on. It had to be like two weeks after the fight, two, three weeks after the fight. And um, this shit was so funny, man. Um, I run into him, I'm talking to him. And um, you know, like when you walk in a, in a, in a Party, y'all walking in a line, everybody walking behind each other. So it was so crowded in there. So I'm talking to him at the bar, and my cousin Cheese friend bumped somebody. He was the last one in the, you know, walking through the crowd. He bumped somebody, knocks their drink. The dude is Spanish, I forgot his name, man. But Cheese is like, yo, yo, um, my man got a problem. So some tall dude. Two girls said to him, like, yo, man, you not my, you gotta know my jacket. So the Spanish dude, I'm trying to remember his name, man. Pull out his money, let me pay for your drink. So he knocked the money out the hand. So I was like, yo, we don't want to fuck this dude up. So we went over there. Mike said, let me, let me hear him. So Mike walked over there. I never forget this. So we follow him over there. The dude had two girls with him. He had a white, like a velour coat. So he said, what's up, Mike? Let me buy your drunk. You ain't knocked this dude. Mike said, he with us. Never forget that. I gotta imitate this one. So the dude was like, oh, oh, he with you? No problem. You know, he, he knocked over my tray. He said, yo, pick his money up. He got his money out his hand. <laughs> yo, so we standing there. So I'm helping picking up the money, giving him the money. So the dude says something to Mike, and Mike grabs him around his neck. But the dude was talking, and pulls him down to his head. He said, yo, man, you can't buy me shit, man. I'll buy you a new life. The dude's like, yo, I'll buy you a new. He said, I'll buy you a bottle, Mike. And Mike said, I rip your pockets off and 
ripped ass. <laughs> so so I, we all like like this. So he's holding the dude in the headlock, talking to him. So so the girls walked away. So so we all like shocked that he said that shit, right? So so the dude is his drink is just pouring and he's sweating. So he's not trying to pull away. He just listening to Mike. Like if Mike wanted to rape him, he could have raped because homeboy's legs is locked. <laughs> he was so scared. He said, I'm gonna get your pockets on So so the dude walks away and I see him sit on the couch like he's like traumatized. So we get to the bar and I'm on this side and Mike is standing here and my boy Ike, one of my barbers, is on the other side. You remember I remember like it. When you caught himself weed in my shot. So so the bartender was like, y'all want something else to drink? And um we wasn't really paying the bartender no mind. So I said, Mike, man, you said some crazy shit, man. You said you ripped that your pockets off a rape. He said, I ain't say I said, alright, 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 you ain't say it, you ain't said Ike on the other side, don't know Mike. You did say that shit, man. I heard it. Mike turned around, who the fuck is you? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ike, Ike was like stuck. So so Mike walks away. I said, come on, walk. He was like, I can't move my legs. I'm like, the fuck right? He said, Mike scared me so bad. If Mike wanted to bit me over out of he would have took my shit. Yeah, I could just leave it. He said, he said, when Mike said that, I got so scared, my legs locked up on me. All he had to do was bend me over the bar. <laughs> I was like, why would you say something? I was backing you up, what you said. I said, you seen when he growled at me, he said, yo, I ain't say that shit. I said, all right, all right, all right. And then my, you gonna be, don't know him, or tap him and say, you just say that shit. I'm like, who the fuck is you? <laughs> I ripped that ass. I said, Mike, there you go with that rip. Mike had a lot Oh, of man, Mike. you heard him say that to the, um, the reporter, remember yeah, that day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying like, yo, he's saying he that shit for you till you love me. I bitch. said, who says yeah. that? No man say that to nobody. That's he said that. He said that to that dude. And then he gonna tell my boy Ike. So Ike said, don't, don't bring that shit up in the barber shop. I said, I said, I, I, I went outside, called from another phone. I said, yo, you speak to Ike? Yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I answered the phone because Ike. Ike's chair was right next to the payphone. Ike answered the phone. He said, this is Ike. This is Ike over right there. So I'm looking outside, and Ike was like, drop the phone. He dropped the phone. He was, he was like, yo, I thought that was really Mike. I said, yo, why did you say something like you heard him say what he said? Yeah. Mike Tyson's a different breed. Mike, Mike he's said, a, I raped your ass. I he's said, he's I couldn't even say that shit, man. He's a different breed, yeah. He but he was drunk. One. He was drunk, man. Okay. I, I don't think he raped his people, man. Had, I think he was just drunk. He had the number one podcast in boxing until we came into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. coming. We coming for you, Mike. We coming for everybody. He, said, he, he said is so money. funny, man. People, yeah. I want your children. I'm going to eat their heart out. Yo, the whole yeah. thing he said was so smooth until he said that part. Yeah. Like, whatever he was saying first, all praise to He's crazy, man. Yeah, man. So I was gonna say about Buster Douglas. I think Buster Douglas, that moment in time, mentally, physically, emotionally, all right. That but he was uh, he had all the tools in boxing, but his only weakness was he was lazy. Mm -hmm. Every trainer said that. Mm -hmm. uh, even Mike has talked about the guy. Everyone knew who he was, right? Mm -hmm. He's just lazy. Uh, I think that Buster Douglas that night. Would have beaten ninety percent of the heavyweights yeah. in history. That Buster Douglas. That's state of mind, man. State yeah, of mind. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, something. Jab, he yeah, punch, yeah, he yeah, move, lose too. And, he, and he was scared, and he had pop. Yeah, he could hit. 
He can in the next fight. He fights Vandal Holyfield. He looks like the Pillsbury Dole man. He gets throws a crazy uppercut. Yeah, throws a crazy uppercut. But everything is state of mind with fighting, man. You got to be in the fight state. And Holyfield's champion of the world. Yep. Rob, anything you want to say before we go to the quits? Thank you for having me. Yes. Where yes, yes, yes. can the people follow you? Where can they, where they reach uh, you? Instagram, Tidgers Champ. And, you know, Facebook, Rob Garris. Um, What's the Instagram uh, name? Um, Tidgers Champ. Tidgers Champ. Champ. Or, or, you find, or you find Macadosis. That's who I am. Yeah. Macadosis Mobile Barbershop. Yep. Best barber in New York City. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Around, the best I, I ain't the best at nothing. I ain't the best. I ain't best at nothing. I just have a good heart to know how to do things. I ain't the best at anything. Until the day I, I go to the, you know, above, yeah, above, place. And, and and he told me I did well. Other than that, I ain't the best at nothing. There you have it. Well, another great episode. Yes. Dad, appreciate you yes. talking about the show. Yes. Did you will? Wonderful episode. Sure. Uh, subscribe, like, make a comment. Uh, tell your friends, tell your girlfriends, tell your wives and your lovers. Uh, let them know what we do and let's keep it going. And if you don't, we're getting the black gloves out for you. That's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> and catch you outside, put these on, <laughs> tap that chin. Yeah. And we'll call you as Mike Tyson. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's it.